and welcome to Letters from the Road, stories and encouragement from your traveling friends, us, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Hey, friends. Welcome to episode nine. Today we are talking about financial advice, which should be uh, a real hoop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but first, Clay, what are we drinking? Yeah, so we have these nice new mugs. Um, that that we... no one can see because this is an audio format. <laughs> okay, fine. They say Public Coast Brewing Company because... We got a listener recommendation. We did, yeah. Our our friend T- Thomas wrote in to us and told us, hey, if you're going to be in Cannon Beach or near Cannon Beach, you should totally check out Public Coast Brewing. They recommended that we try the fish and chips there at Public Coast and the dirty fries, which sounded amazing. So when we figured out it was a brewery. Yeah. Um, friends, we love a brewery. We love Our whole family loves a brewery. Like... And and honestly, like even if I'm not drinking beer, I enjoy the brewery. <laughs> it's like a good vibe. But yeah, we had to have the beer. Oh, the beer. Yes, the beer so, was very good. Actually, yeah, their beers are a little bit sweet compared to what we usually get. But this that we're drinking now is the coconut brown. Uh-huh. And it reminds me just a little bit of Maui Brewing Company's Coconut Hewa Porter. Yeah. Yeah, I, which is one of my favorite beers ever. And it helps um, when you're drinking it on Maui. Yeah, well, now we're by a river, which is pretty yeah. good. Oh, so true. But so the the Pacific Northwest is having a heat wave, if you're not aware. And so we record this a week ahead of when it comes out. So right now mm-hmm. it's Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And it is hot. It was, I, so I grew up, well, we, we've talked about this. This is on the first episode. But mm-hmm. I spent my early childhood kind of in the area that we're in now on the, you know, near here. We're on the Olympic Peninsula. and In Washington. In Washington. And it was very rarely, if ever, hot, and definitely not in May. And it is sunny and hot today. Yeah, like, no, actually we, hot. We were uh, like putting on sunscreen. Like... Yeah, I got in the river. <laughs> it was so warm. But it's the river's not warm. Oh God, no! It's it's like glacier water that's oh, coming down. Oh, it's amazing! Down. It's so clear. Mm-hmm. This, um, I don't know how much we want to give away about this camp spot. But, uh, we are not gatekeepers, Clay, and this is like on campendium, <laughs> so we yeah. can talk about it. So this is the uh, Allen's Bar Campground? It is, yes. It will be gone is, by the time we this yeah. comes out. So No, it's basically a boondocking site, like a dispersed camping spot. Yeah. Um, Is it within Olympic National Park or no, technically not? No, it's like, we're like by, uh, it's by Home Mainline Road, if you've been to this area, uh, which is where you go into the Ho Rainforest. To go that way off of 101, mm-hmm. uh, if you turn the other way, you come to the this little spot on the Ho River, and it's like this weird setup where you drive. Apparently, you drive through someone's personal property. Yeah, you just and they drive charge you up their driveway to go and through And there's their a mailbox. Driveway. Yeah, yeah, they charge you to go through their driveway. It's five dollars a night. I felt like we were back in Baja, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of like finding a spot on the shore and just kind of like it's a bit of a free for all, and it costs a little bit of money, but also it's just you know boondocking. Once again, we were glad we had flow lifted. Oh my goodness, yes. If you are, this is very niche, but if you are thinking about getting an Airstream and it is 27 feet or longer, get the lift. Just 100%. Just we it. would have totally. Unless you're only going to be in RV parks. And even then, some of them are a little sketchy. You were like, we're about to tear off the bumper. If we did not have that lift, we would have torn off the bumper. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of spots. I think we could have been a little bit more careful with our line, too. Oh, come on. I did perfect. I mean, we didn't. You did great because we were fine. I, I, but I think we would have picked it out, like picked our way through a little bit differently, probably if we were not lifted. But it was very nice, uh, and our neighbor got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, uh, they're very kind. It's a great vibe here. Everyone's super nice. Oh, it's amazing. It's great. It's not super crowded, but there's there's people here. It's good. It's fun. For sure. No, we we got here at like three in the afternoon. And yeah. there were two rigs here. Yeah. I and that we good. found our spot and then three more came in after us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It was great. So we got like this prime spot. Our, our friends and we did mm-hmm. get this like amazing riverfront spot. I can see the river from like three sides of our rig, which is just amazing because there's like a bend in the river where we're at so mm-hmm. it is we we're probably talking it up too much but if you are oh, in Alice, like, it's a great location too because we're not far from ruby beach so we stayed near here last time we were in this area we did we uh, stayed we, at bogachal state park which is a, also a great place to stay if you're looking for a spot that's like a good jumping off point for this part of olympic olympic is huge if you're not familiar and it is it's very spread out and there's so many good things to do and see and there's beaches and there's rainforests and there's 
There's just so much. Uh, there's hot springs. We're going to go check out the hot springs this weekend. I know. But I'm thrilled. <laughs> it's Clay's birthday this weekend. So by the time this comes out, it will have just been his birthday. I'm taking Friday off of work and we're going to the hot spring. So you guys uh, should wish him happy birthday because it's, uh, it's going to be his birthday. He's going to be 38. 38. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I forget how old we getting are. Getting close. Getting close to the big four zero. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. I think it's going to be, every decade just keeps getting better. So I'm like, I'm ready. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I could beat this. Oh God. I, this is one of those I days where I'm like, are is this be the best? <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yep, that's uh, right. We've done it. <laughs> this is we one of those days where this we like. We didn't save for retirement, Jamie. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> Spoilers. We spent it now. <laughs> Spoilers. We, we're retired now, but still working, actually. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just like that approach, honestly. But it is beautiful here, and we are super happy to be here, even yeah. if it's 90 degrees out and we can't run our air conditioner because we're not plugged into anything. We had a beautiful drive up from Astoria, too. Yeah, Astoria is so cool. That was a really neat spot. We were really happy with that. Uh, also, um, yeah, the, I keep talking about laundry, but the laundromat there was like a highlight for me. Okay. <laughs> Why and was I know the Jason laundromat we a highlight? This, so I don't want to let you talk about it too much. But oh, okay. Well, well they serve beer that. at the laundromat, Clay. Of course you do, Oregon. <laughs> it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was like a mini mart with a little bit of a bar, like that served like thirty nine different types of beer. Yeah, and you were at the laundromat, not me. The one time that you go to the laundromat instead of me, you go to the one that serves beer. Well, Abby gave me the intel. I was like, I'll do the laundry. <laughs> you were like, oh, I'll do the laundry. I have yeah, the laundry. sure. Don't worry. Clay, I'll do the laundry. Don't, don't like, worry. Okay, yeah, thanks. That's awesome. While wow. it was in the dryer, I sat down outside on their little patio where there were food trucks with my beer and my book, my Kindle. And I read the end of the book that I was hating. And now, yeah, it was great. Did you hate it at the end? Uh, Yeah, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So. Book recommendations, not on this podcast. I was thinking about like if we do bonus letters, maybe doing like book reviews because I have a couple written that are kind of funny. Ooh, bad book reviews. Yeah, I only write reviews of books I don't like. And Ooh, that's perfect. I often don't like books that a lot of people like, so that'd be very Ooh, controversial. Yes. <laughs> Isn't there a podcast about that already? Oh, well, are you talking about if books could kill? Because it's a little different, but also highly recommend <laughs> such a good podcast. Yeah. Um, that one is. I haven't listened to it really, yet. But it really, really good. Amazing. Yeah, that's like very researchy. They, they. Who does it? Oh God, uh, Michael Hobbs, and I can't think of the guy who does it with him, because he's also on Maintenance Phase, which is the other podcast I'm obsessed with right now. One of the other podcasts I'm obsessed with right now. Uh, so Maintenance Phase like takes apart like diet culture and kind of like debunks it. Like it's very, it's very funny and also kind of brainy um, mm-hmm. in terms of how they approach things. And then I really like. Michael Hobbs does also this other podcast with another co-host who I'm blanking on. It's called If Books Could Kill, and they go through books that have been, like, really influential on, like, American society and, like, what is wrong with them? (laughs) Like, like, it's like, it's like, everybody's as well become, like, um, actually. Um, actually... This is how we screwed a lot of things up, guys. Yeah, it's it's things like, oh, they quoted this study, but the methodology was wrong. Like, it's very, yeah. like, down in the weeds of, like... You told we, me their first one was about Freakonomics, which It was, which is a book I loved when I was younger, and I can also see why it could be picked apart. Oh, yeah. No, I loved <laughs> their podcast, too, and I loved that I read yeah, that, and yeah, I, uh-huh. I read Think Like a Freak, and... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it's like, those, so this... This podcast, like, and we're talking about it too much, probably, but they go yeah, into, okay. they go into like what is not great, but they also say what's good. Like, it's not like, oh, this is like, it's, it's not like a patent condem- condemnation of the author or the book or right. whatever. Yeah, it's really much more about like here's where this book did well, and here's where there were problems in their logic or problems in their methodology. Yeah, it sounds really good. I like it. I'm a nerd. Um, Check it out. All you all podcast nerds. Yeah. So back to last week, we went to the Pendleton outlet in Seaside. That was also very exciting. Uh, it, we found some Mother's Day gifts. I, yes. <laughs> so I already have a Pendleton quilt on the bed in the industry because of the freaking course idea. But there is... Yeah, There's now a new pillow and a throw blanket. Uh, they're very nice. And I got the 
Stanley Thermos. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I had been eyeing for a while. So they do Pendleton branded Stanley Thermoses. And not the, not the Stanley cups that everyone has. <laughs> do you not know this? This is like a thing. I, I Everyone like a little bit younger than us. Like, it, you know, it was like for a while it was, well, when we were in college, it was, all, it was Nalgene's. I still drink out of Nalgene. All sure, day. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was uh, the Yeti water bottles or the mm-hmm. Yeti tumblers. And then it, which we also still use a bunch of Yeti stuff. Of and course. then it was hydro flasks. Yep. And then mm-hmm. everyone had to have the hydro flask. Now it's like these big Stanley tumblers. Um, huh. They're like in all different colors and they're really expensive. And like, that's like the, the accessory is these like big Stanley tumblers. Okay. Whatever. I don't know. I almost bought one when I bought my most recent hydro flask water bottle. And then I bought the hydro flask. But because um, they, they seem kind of nice because they fit in like a cup holder, but they're big, oh, which is yeah. kind of cool. Oh, that reminds me, though. But I got like the thermos, like the old school, like yeah. twist off the top. You can pour your coffee into the yeah, top. Yeah, you, you had hot tea in the truck I did. On the ride I, we today. made a bunch of extra hot water and I put it in there and it stayed like boiling hot. And I made myself a cup of tea while we were on our way up here. It was fantastic. So recommendations from 80 years ago, a Stanley thermos, everyone. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, not the not the mung, the, not the little, no the, not, not the, the old school the old school your Stanley grandma thermos. has it Stanley Thermos yeah oh what is Pendleton anyway Pendleton Woolen Mills yeah. uh it's an Oregon original the first store was in Seaside and so that's the sell, store we went to not the original store but they sell like no we went to an outlet which is great it had the vibe of being at like the LLB outlet in Maine because of it being kind of where it's from and. Mm-hmm. Also nice and but different. No, it was well done. Yeah. The Pendleton. So Pendleton, if you're familiar with like, they do like the National Park blankets. They're like wool throw blankets that have like stripes on them for different patterns for different national parks. The Glacier one is kind of the most famous. It can be tied back to some other stuff from a long time ago. It's white with a bunch of, with like colored stripes. Mm -hmm. That's kind of one of the most famous things. They actually did have the Glacier blankets like Mm -hmm. a little bit on sale at the outlet, which I was kind of surprised. Uh, almost got one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're really beautiful. They just don't quite match like how our, we've got the RV decorated. Right, yep. But so that there was that, and um, so that's like kind of what they're most famous for. But they have also uh, clothes and like like flannels and wool shirts and sweaters and that kind of a thing. And it's all kind of southwestern looking, like western wear ish ish, like adjacent. Mm-hmm. I would say. Well, yeah, I guess um, I was reading about the history of the company, mm-hmm. you know, as you do. And uh, I guess one does. early on, actually, they made a lot of blankets that they traded with Native Americans. So there's like a kind of a Native American type of motif to a lot mm-hmm. of their there is. patterns. And there that still is. That they, and I think that's a lot of the same. They've made a lot of the same patterns kind of for a long time. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's it's kind of a traditional, I don't traditional Again. Is the right word, but... Yeah, it's stuff your grandma has. Yeah, also cute stuff, like a lot of National Park-themed stuff, and then, like, cool hats. I love a hat. Oh, you love a hat. They had some so good, do I. They had some I, good I mean, big dumb hats. <laughs> I almost always wear a hat, and there are reasons for that. But <laughs> What are the reasons, Clay? Um, I mean, there's just there's fewer and fewer of them every day. <laughs> But yeah, it it was a really cool visit. We enjoyed that, and we and that was kind of how we did the end of our day yesterday. But before that, we were at Cannon Beach, which was really cool. We took our growler from Public Coast Brewing, and oh yeah, we bought a growler there. Yeah, that's the thing that oh, the thermos reminded me of. That's your favorite thing. So I got a cool thermos, and Clay got a cool growler. Yeah, this is a you know I, how you maybe drink where it's very important to us: coffee yeah, right, and exactly. beer, and like you know tea, and literally like we just really like. We so, have fizzy water. Like we love beverages. I can't explain how much we love a beverage. No, we spend an inordinate amount of money on on beverages of all sorts. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's fine. It's it's fine. Back to our topic of the week. But anyway, right, exactly. <laughs> but no, this growler, and this is ironic that we're talking about all the things we bought in Cannon Beach and Seaside on the Financial Advice Podcast. Right. But it's pretty apt, pretty apt. actually <laughs> for what we're going to say. But right. this growler. Is not glass. No, it's really cool. I don't think I've seen one like this before. It's like an insulated mug, except a growler. Yeah, right? and it like it, it seals shut on top, right? But you can it since it's not glass. It has a handle, 
Uh-huh. That's nice. You can take it to the beach. Right. You can take it in your camper. And it keeps the beer really cold. Yep, so like we had exactly. had it in the truck for a while and took it out to the beach and it was quite hot yesterday. And this beer that is one day old and served from this growler is not completely flat, which is usually my biggest problem with growlers. It's a little flat still, but it's not bad. And it, yeah, it stayed nice and cold yesterday, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. Yep. So we were big fans. We also... <laughs> Public Coast just was very on point in their branding and merch department. Like, it's just nice looking stuff. Oh, yeah. We got a sticker. We never put we it got on a the sticker. cooler. Yeah. It's in my purse. I'll grab okay. it. We got a sticker for the cooler because we do that. And then we got we got the growler, but we also got these little like metal pint glasses that are just mm. perfect for camping. We've already used them like 17 times. That's what we're drinking out of right now. It is. It is. Because we realized we wanted to take this growler to the beach. We didn't have anything in the truck mm-hmm. to drink out of. So yep. We grabbed that and it was good. So, yeah. But uh, so. But Cannon Beach is amazing. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's one of those places that is. Uh, you've seen it in pictures and, you know, the big rock mm-hmm. on the beach like that. And it's every bit as pretty in person as it looks on the pictures. And Gorgeous. also, it was like a busy day at the beach because it was so hot. and It's like never that hot in Oregon. Um, but it was still like tons of room. Like It was still plenty of space to park and get on the beach and have a space. Like it, it didn't feel like a Florida beach or anything like that or even a California beach in terms of like, like, we were totally able to, like, find our spot and park, and it was oh, really nice. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, we parked on a side street. Like yeah, totally. A, but, like, like, we walked right over house. to the beach, and we had a spot, and it was, uh-huh. like, in a good spot, and it was totally fine, and we weren't, like, right on top of anybody. Totally. It was great. Loved Cannon Beach. Loved uh, the brewery. Loved it all, and uh, spent too much money, which I guess we can talk about. Yeah. So, I guess <laughs> that leads us to the letter, probably. Yeah, we'll read, we'll read about some financial advice. Ha, ha, ha. Let's see if we can take our own advice. Taking inf- financial advice from I don't us. think anyone's here for the advice from us. They just. Oh, gosh, I sure hope not. Probably. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the reading of the letter. Dear friend, where do you look for financial advice? I worked in finance for 10-ish years, earned a CFA charter, and I don't feel qualified to offer financial advice, at least not without knowing your goals and the intricacies of your situation. I do know one thing, though. Most popular purveyors of financial advice are bad. If there's a book that's very emotional or personality-driven and it is also offering you financial advice, it serves the author, not you. If there's a podcast, a message board, or a TV show, it is probably not meant to serve you. There is no way that person could know your personal goals, your needs, your temperament. My favorite brand of popular financial gurus are people who get rich off of telling you not to be rich. Dave Ramsey is the king of this genre, attributing moral value to financial actions and telling his followers that they're too stupid to manage things like a bit of debt. Friends, very few people or businesses have measurable financial successes without utilizing leverage, debt. I will confess that while I was very good at my jobs in finance, I am not excellent at managing my own finances. I do fine, but definitely am more of a spender than a saver. And I have a pretty high risk tolerance for investments. I think this is, I think this is almost worsened by working in the field. Losing is part of the game and you get used to it and become desensitized. The only financial advice to trust or pay for is that of an advisor who is also a fiduciary. That is a very important word. If they're not a fiduciary, they are trying to sell you something and getting a commission. They are not aligned with your interests. Find someone who is. Just know this. Money is a tool. You can have too little, to the point of not knowing how to pay for food or shelter. It's criminal that people in our very rich country face this daily. You can have too much. It's a burden to manage and interferes with authentic relationships. Most of us here, I'm guessing, fall somewhere in between. Life is full of things we didn't see coming, and there's no way to appropriately plan. Not to say we shouldn't try a little, but don't get too hung up on it. You could save every penny possible for an amazing retirement and die or have serious medical issues before getting there. You could spend every penny possible and travel and live to be 105. There's no way to know. You could invest in seemingly safe things and lose it all. You could buy a house that should appreciate and end up upside down. You could win the lottery. I suppose you'd have to play. Or you could have bad medical luck and a mountain of bills. 
Here's what I know about all of this. There have been times when we have had a lot of money and times when we have had a little. We've driven used luxury cars and had only our used minivan. We have eaten out at nice restaurants and subsisted on a lot of canned goods from Aldi. We have had leisure and Clay has also driven Uber to help make things come together. We have had surplus and we have taken out personal loans and leveraged credit card debt. We've had outstanding credit and okay credit. I can honestly say that none of these things coincides with the happiest or saddest or worst or best times in my life. So here's my most valuable financial advice. Stop worrying. You will get it right sometimes. You'll get it wrong sometimes. And you'll probably be okay in the long term, but not rich. Make the best decision you can for yourself right now. Seek the advice of a fiduciary advisor if you'd like. Try to plan for a few things, but don't try to plan for everything. Most importantly, enjoy whatever you do have. Don't forego the little luxuries that make you happy. You are not bad or good as measured by your financial situation. See you down the road, Jamie. Wait, so I thought you just said if a podcast is giving you financial advice... It serves them, not you. You shouldn't listen. <laughs> what if the financial advice is no advice? <laughs> That's about all we can give anyway. <laughs> right? Okay, podcast over. No, so what I want to say first, we will offer a bit of a disclaimer here. <laughs> I am no longer a financial professional. Professional, I do not know you or your specific needs. Please do not make any investments or take any financial action based solely on what you hear on this podcast. Not that I think you would because we're not offering very specific advice. But we're not going to give you any actions, folks. <laughs> no, no actions. Basically, we're going to tell you, like, loosen up. It's going to be fine. Hey, shush, 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 shush. Okay. You're giving sorry. it away. <laughs> Spoilers. It's in the letter. <laughs> it is in the letter. So that that is the tenor of this. We are really not going to tell. We're going to tell you some stories from our lives, which are funny sometimes and sad others. But generally speaking, that's that's kind of the tone of it and we are not actually offering you financial advice that's the that's the joke i guess womp womp sorry sorry i mean who maybe we'll do a special episode about this whole debt ceiling thing and what's going to happen and no one knows and what you should do but everyone hide your money in your mattresses do it do it now don't we just told them not to listen to us all right <laughs> that's the kind of financial advice you get here I said, I said, you know, I bought the Dutch Bro stock. That was like one of the oh, things gosh, we talked yeah. about in one of the first episodes. No, but what did you used to do? So I used to be a finance person. Now, I, <laughs> went to, I did. So I did my MBA with an emphasis in finance. I was in a full time MBA program. I was in the student managed fund at that program. I was recruited out of that when I graduated to go work on a private equity team at an insurance company. I did that for a couple of years. I went over to another insurance company where I also worked on their private equity portfolio, but I also was a um, a stock analyst. So, you know, what you think of when you think of, buy, you know, finance and buying and selling stocks and that sort of thing. So I was um, an industrials analyst for a couple or a few, almost five years and a portfolio manager where I uh, advised on buying and selling industrial stocks for the insurance company portfolio. Did you just say like, buy, buy, sell, sell? Um... Not usually. <laughs> we were kind of a buy and hold strategy with a pretty concentrated portfolio. So we, okay, we okay, okay. it's a little more boring than that. A lot of research, a lot of work, and a lot of things that don't change over. Like, it, it's a little, it, I mean, it's fun. It's great fun. And I love research. So it was, it was a good fit. But I was, yeah, no, I was like researching stuff like aerospace and defense companies and airlines and things like that. And, Spent a lot of time researching and talking to self side analysts and things like that. And then and you kicked ass at it. I was, yeah, I had like a measurable <laughs> track record that was pretty darn good, especially in industrials. Uh, having an engineering background and then having a little bit of a, a family background in Andy and stuff was or aerospace and defense was pretty um, useful and fun. And yeah, I love the shit out of that. It was great. But I was like good at that and also not good at managing. <laughs> Our own finances. In fact, I don't manage our finances really. Well, we do it as a team. Neither of us really manages. No, no one manages. <laughs> they just do what they want. But in our relationship, uh, for the most part, you know, because there's just generally needs to be usually like a bill payer and a person who like kind of is like lead on some of that stuff. It's always been Clay. 
Um, Probably because I'm bad so I, at it and I have ADD. But yeah, paying the bills is not the same as financial strategy. Well, it's a start. Sure, it's hard okay. to do much if you don't pay the bills on time. Fair enough. So yeah, um, like managing bank accounts and paying bills. I mean, like basic adulting, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. thanks. I've been doing that, but like. You actually put your skills to work yeah, for we, us, yeah. for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. On many occasions. Yeah. So I've run a, like our, uh, a personal investment portfolio off and on if we have some extra cash, which is at varying degrees throughout our lives. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's like the point, right? It's mm-hmm. like, um, hmm. it's not something that we were always able to count on. No, but like I don't put anything in like a short term stock account that I don't that I can't live without. Exactly. Yep. Um, so that, I guess that's some advice. <laughs> so but like, OK, but over so time, like for a retirement account, like, yeah, sure. Like managing the day to day, though, um, mm-hmm. is actually really weird now. Yeah, it's like it looks a lot different in some ways for us now. And like we kind of appreciate how much flexibility we have now that we're living on the right road. yeah so like yes yeah so the flex that the, the people ask a lot of questions about how much like road life costs we're not gonna get into like super big details here but i would say that our life on the road is generally pretty comparable cost-wise to what it was in a house and i think most people find that yeah, I don't think You don't we... like suddenly become a different person. Right. You're not exactly. like suddenly like a minimalist because you live in a small space. You're yeah. not suddenly like only eating at home because you live in a camper. Like if you ate out a bunch, you're unless you're making a conscious change, you probably still eat out a bunch. Like So I think we eat out less. We do, but like it's a conscious change and it's like one of those things that we flex up and down a lot depending depending on where we are. We and totally also do. like what we're how much funding we have <laughs> yeah but that flexibility is so key yes yeah the, the flexibility is probably like the best so like thing not about having it, a really big mortgage payment right not that our mortgage payment was very big where we left we didn't that's true normal was not very expensive but having a lot of our living expenses be some things we can change so campsites yeah and i can i can talk a little bit to that so we generally budget and we're on the higher end from people a lot of people i know uh but it it varies greatly and there are people that are much higher than us we generally budget about 1500 bucks a month for campsites so that averages out to about 50 bucks a night we used to start when we started off we tried to do 30 bucks a night but things have gotten a lot more expensive yeah and it just depends on where in the country you are it really does so we've had a lot of months that are way more than that and a lot that are way less i mean we spent at marin rv park alone oh my god we spent more than fifteen hundred dollars we did yeah for like that was ridiculous almost two weeks of camping yeah well we didn't intend to be there the entire time (laughs) we didn't but yeah so that was that was kind of rough in terms of that but but we kind of try to average that over the year i would say so it can really vary and i think that's one of the things that's a little challenging with budgeting in this lifestyle too is a lot of campsites especially for public campgrounds like state parks and national parks you have to pay up front and they're not expensive generally yeah right but but you have to pay up front and so then if you're booking like six months of travel all at once you're paying for six months of campsites like all at once you can't do that if you're living paycheck to paycheck you can't no it's not as um i think people but there are ways to do this like way cheaper than we do it too a hundred percent and they're fun and oftentimes the cheapest campsites are the best ones like here like where we are right now and five dollars a night at a river (laughs) out my window and it's beautiful yep for five dollars a night but you do have to have like solar or a generator or both to be able to do that so you have to have some ways of kind of sustaining yourself off grid if you want to do that. But that is also a thing people do. And you can go, especially in the desert, um, there's tons and tons of room and there's tons of places where you can go and camp for two weeks at a time before you have to move for free. Mm-hmm. So those those are things. And if you don't drive as far, you, it's a lot cheaper, right? So if you stay in one place for longer, it's cheaper. When we stay in a monthly for winter, it's usually about a thousand bucks a month. So it's a little bit cheaper there. Sometimes you have to pay for electric on top of that. It depends on where you're at. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'll say that's actually kind of at the it's probably a little high end of yeah. monthlies. That's for a KOA. Yeah. Which are kind of bougie. I mean, ish. They have really good amenities for kids. 
Yeah. Oh, totally. That's kind of why we end up there a lot of, and it's just nice. Like I, I like a KOA. No, I mean we had a great time in KOA Palm Springs. We did. Yeah. And you know we're really looking forward to our plans this winter, and it's just yeah. I mean yeah. It, so it, it varies well. so much what we pay, but that's kind of roughly. So like an RV park is going to probably almost always in a, in a desirable area in season at this point be more than 50 bucks a night. Right. Um, especially for full hookups. But if you're willing to do stuff without hookups or go to state parks or other places, it can be anywhere from free to like 30 bucks a night. And we 100% most of the time prefer that camping style anyway. Yes. And then another thing that full, full-time people will do, and you'll see this if you're looking into this at all, and I'm sorry for droning on too long about RVing if you're not interested in that. <laughs> um, but a lot of people get curious about this stuff anyway because it's like, how does that work? How do you make that happen? Yeah, if they're listening to us, they have at least, at least like a little bit of a passing some level of like, so an, another okay, thing what people is do like is called Thousand Trails. And they are RV parks kind of all over the country. Um, and they have memberships. And the memberships are basically a timeshare. So you buy a membership or you have like a camping pass, which is what we have. Mm-hmm. And so it's really freaking complicated. And their website is absolutely terrible. And a good half of the parks just flat out suck. But they're free once you pay for the pass, basically. Yeah, So we should be careful before we recommend Thousand Trails. I don't recommend it, necessarily. <laughs> I kind of recommend the camping pass. I think it's totally paid for itself. We've stayed in some really nice places. We could stay like four weeks and it would be worth it. But we pay monthly dues and we had to pay some up front. Yes. I think ours amounted to a couple grand in total, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, um, like if we're talking about fifteen hundred bucks a month for campsites yeah. on average, two thousand dollars. Like when we've we've used it way no way enough, deal. like definitely enough. Now the problem with the one that it we have more than paid for itself. The problem with the one we have is if you're trying to be somewhere like Florida in the winter, you are not getting good access to the best parks because there's a bunch of them in Florida, but there's a bunch of people in Florida, and the people who have higher level memberships can book them sooner, and they can. But we're talking like 10 grand, 15 grand, 20 grand for these memberships. I mean, that is how they get you. Yes. So you can book them sooner and you can stay longer and you can go park to park instead of having. So, like the one we have, we could do 14 days in and then we have to be out for seven days and then back back in for 14 days. Mm-hmm. It, this is all minutiae. The point is that they hook you that way. And then you're like, well, I can't get into the park I want to be in and I have to move every two weeks. So, like, maybe, which. Right. We move faster than that usually, but in the winter, it kind of sucks. All that to say is the camping pass has been good. Like the Yosemite Park was really good. That was a thousand trails. The it place was. we stayed that there. Mm-hmm. Um, We've stayed at some good thousand trails. We have. For we a have week or two the one in Sedona is great. The one in like there's some good ones. And it's like Camp Verde, not Sedona. Oh, sorry. Well, it's near Sedona. Anyway. Sedona area. Yeah. But that whole area that was really nice. There's been a few that have been really nice that I really like, and you do meet other families there, which has been really great. The one in Bar Harbor that we seen, it was great. It was fine. Then sure. nearest to you. Like, oh, it totally. was a good location. So there, I mean, we've been able to put it to use and it's been good. And I would recommend the one we have because it wasn't. But like. It wasn't like I needed to use it for my whole life. For on the topic of financial advice. Like. Don't buy timeshares. Yeah. That I can, I can actually thing, say that. Unless. Yeah. Well, actually, no. If you're going to drive a lot of joy from it. If it is something that you're going to use and you know you're going to use it. Buy the shit out of it. Buy it. Great. If that's what you, that's the kind of vacation you want, do it. I, yes. Okay, but. It's not like a financial decision, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And that's. That's kind I mean, of that's it, right? Of... Like, not everything has to be a perfect financial decision. You don't win some kind of medal for, like, dying with the most pennies in your wallet. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why are we out here, right? Right. Like... So, people who post their budgets online, they will say, Zero dollars for campsites this month. Don't believe them unless they're actually boondocking. Otherwise, they probably paid at least five grand, maybe up to 20 grand for their membership to be able to say they stayed for free. So that's all. Yeah. And not only that, but like if you didn't have the cash up front to buy it, you're financing it at. They'll offer to finance it for you, but it's like credit card rates. (laughs) Gosh. No, my credit card's at a lower rate. At least it was. Yeah. That's ridiculous. We're. We were looking into it because we were like, man, I don't know. Maybe we should just upgrade. And how much could it be? And so I, I called them and they were like, yeah, it's going to be 15 grand, blah, 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 blah. I don't, maybe I'm, I'm making up the numbers, but it was yeah. at least 10. I think it went up to like 25 even for like the, depending on what level you want. And 
access to the different parks and things like that. So I call them and then I'm like, okay, well, like I don't have, I don't want to spend like all my cash or I don't have that much cash on hand. I don't know what I said to them. Anyway, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to put that much cash out. Like what's the, do you have offering, do you offer any financing? And they're like, yeah, we do. We can finance it at this, this, and this. And they're like, this will be the payment. And I was like, I'm sorry, what is the rate on that? And they told me, and it was, this was before inflation was really bad. And it was still like, I think it was like 15%, 20%. I mean, it was something ridiculous. Absolutely freaking ridiculous. And like, that's not with like a credit check or anything like that. It's just like, that was what they added. That's what they offered. And I was like, so they're just like ripping people off. So I don't feel great about them. (laughs) But also you can use it to your advantage. But just know that when you see people saying they're camping for free, that like there's been a big investment behind that usually. Yeah. Or you can be boondocking. Yes. Yes. But if you're at RV parks and saying they're free, like you spent a lot to yeah. get that right 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 so um but yeah i mean the thing that is good about now mm-hmm. is that that fifteen hundred dollars a month is completely flexible yeah 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 totally whereas we what we do. like a house payment is not right exactly exactly yeah if like if we for instance, if one of us loses their job and we lose half of our income, uh, we can <laughs> so change speak, things up. You know, like hypothetically speaking, <laughs> we can we can change things up and do things a little differently, and we have a lot of flexibility in that. But you can only plan so much, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, when, do you remember the time uh, we tried to downsize our house? We were trying to like do the right thing and be like more flexible and get more flexibility. Yeah. So I mean, we bought a much cheaper house. We did. So we had a much lower mortgage payment, which was great. Which we wanted because I had quit my full-time job to stay home with JoJo. Yes. So we had done that, and it was great. And we it was an old house. It was like 100 years old, but it seemed pretty good. We had an inspection, and then I asked the inspector about old wiring and knob and tube wiring. And he said, oh, no, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And come to find out when we were having a handyman try and replace the light that was no longer working. Yeah. We had knob and tube wiring. Throughout most of the house. Throughout most of the house. So knob and tube wiring is like, if you're not familiar, if you haven't watched hours upon hours upon hours of HGTV like we had, is not really a problem as long as it's not like in bad shape and it's getting plenty of ventilation because it's basically like exposed compared to like current, like more normal wiring you would see in a wall, which is kind of like insulated am i explaining this right yeah come to find out we had not a two wiring under a bunch of bunch of insulation in our attic our house was basically a um, fire hazard time bomb oh uh, yeah no, it was bad and it needed uh, to be fixed friends my chief fear in life is fire i am i've always been afraid of dying in a fire since I was a child, and I watched too much Rescue 911. So we live in old houses and campers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I faced <laughs> my fear head on. So we we had this this discovery, and rewiring an entire house is not a cheap endeavor. Yeah, so what was supposed to be like, oh, we're gaining a lot of financial flexibility. This is like good because we have a lot less income now, but... Uh, yeah, it ended up being a huge expense that we didn't really have the money for at the time. No, we had to cash out a 401k account mm. for it. Oh, yeah. Was that my 401k? That's where your 401k went, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that wasn't the one. Oh, no. Oh, so, no. This is another financial mistake. So yeah. the, the house wasn't a financial mistake. It was just that was an example of things don't, you can make the right, quote, right choices and things don't always go the right way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, life is just like that. Hey, not everyone <laughs> would have told you we were making the right choice anyway. Uh, I'm no. sure, but I'm just saying, like we were, we thought we were making number one a decision that we liked better, and number two, a yeah. good financial decision. Well, it was one of those two. Yes, we did like <laughs> it after we had it rewired yeah. and had all the plaster fixed because it still had all the plaster. So your other four. <laughs> yeah. So when I left my first job after school. Mm-hmm. And took another job. Mm-hmm. You, what you should do, well, probably anyway. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do with money you saved in a 401k. Um, and I guess a quick aside, 
if you are at a traditional employer and they offer matching for a 401k, like, in other words, if you put, if you put money into your 401k, they'll match a certain percentage of it. Sometimes like a hundred percent of the first 5% of your salary or something like that. That would be a really good match, by the way, if they did that. Um, yeah, do that. Cause that's, that's a hundred percent return. That I mean, match is a hundred percent return on that. But, uh, caveats. Okay. Do that if you can pay your bills first. Like, I sure, mean, like, of course. We've not always done that because. Correct. Uh, like, you lose. Oh, that I don't know. Your raise didn't match freaking inflation again, and now you have an extensive pay cut. But sure, let's. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So. Yes. You lose flexibility. It is when a good idea that. not to turn down free money. Especially but if you have a quick vesting schedule. If you can do it, it's definitely if you're not vested by the time a really you leave, good investment. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I had a bit of money in a 401k when I left my first job. So you get contacted by these, I don't know, what do you call them? Firms? <laughs> yeah, this was like MetLife, right? Yeah, it was, it, it, you get contact. Yes, it was I, a local place. Was, were they selling your was was your was employer selling, selling your information to these places? Of course they were. Oh my god, I don't think I ever actually had this happen. Well, anyway, so they had like a deal. They had a deal with this place, right? Like, oh, the people that leave here, you know, like oh, they can, you can talk to them, right? So, so I get an email or a call or something. Yeah, and it's like oh, a free meeting with a this financial like financial advisor, advisor that's mm-hmm. like oh, we're gonna help you figure out what to mm-hmm. do with your four hundred one k money since you left. Yep. And you have this four hundred one k money. It's like oh, okay, great, cool, that's nice. Yep. And I go meet with them, and they're like, oh, well, uh, okay, we're going to have you take this survey. And I did this survey about, like, what your financial needs are. And, like. Which, honestly, that that is a good first step. Mm-hmm. If you are meeting with a financial advisor, they should have you do something like that. Mm-hmm. That actually is not a red flag. FYI. But, okay. Well, anyway, what they said. <laughs> no, was, they, this is the red flag. But, oh, well, we sh- you should buy an annuity. <laughs> Yeah, don't like basically don't buy an annuity, but also like especially not if you're twenty five. No, it made no sense whatsoever, but I didn't know. Right. Well, and they did it like in an IRA so they could get like double kickbacks. Uh huh. Yeah, it was a it was really scheme. Scheme. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big misstep. Just roll it over to a Fidelity account. We ended up having to just or like Schwab or wherever you do those things. I don't even know to get out of that. I can't remember. It was so long ago. But yeah, it ended up definitely not working in our favor. It was not that we good. ever talked to them. No, <laughs> it was not good. So that's where the fiduciary thing comes in. They were yeah. not fiduciaries. Exactly. They were just selling something. Yeah. So financial advisors, financial advisors that are not in some way like bound. To uh, help you that are not fiduciaries, that are not independent, like ask how they get paid, right? If it's fee only or if it's success based or, or if they're getting commissions. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really important and that can kind of tell you if they're a fiduciary too. But yeah, if, there's a kind of a racket around some of it. If someone is not a fiduciary, they're probably selling, it's like what Clay encountered, that they are probably selling you products and getting commissions for it and that's how they make their money if you are not paying them they're someone else's and yep. that's a problem and it's there's like facebook <laughs> really not very much regulation around it i just know that there's a lot of things that are legal that are not very ethical in that yeah. area and it's um not great so be careful yeah not lawyers not financial advisors no podcasters podcasters <laughs> with a little bit of like a little bit of knowledge and in my biggest thing is that if you want it's not a bad idea to talk to an advisor especially if you have you know a large sum of money and you're thinking about retirement or not a large sum of money but you you're still thinking about retirement and that's like a thing that's important to you it can be helpful to talk to somebody it can be helpful to have someone make some decisions who's like more in the weeds of it that's totally fine, um, but just make sure that they're aligned with your interests. Okay, but you said a word there that That's like it. was kind of triggering for me. Retirement. What? Retirement. <laughs> Why? Because what is retirement? 
I think the dream of retirement like worked out for some people who had pensions and stuff like that. Yeah. But like I I left a job that had a pension, by the way. Oh, yeah, but like how much of one? And how uh, much good. Was it? it was a good one. What was it actually going to be like? It was probably going to be really good because like the people who got paid by the pension ran the pension. Well, folks, that was one more bad financial job. <laughs> No, but like, why did we do that? That's an important question. Why did we leave the job with the pension? Yeah. Yeah. I think, man, I think you can be, and we talk about this a little bit in the letter, but like, you can be too future focused and you can be not future focused enough. And I think both are problems. But to me, what life has taught me Mm. is that we're, okay, number one, we're not all starting with the same hand or even deck of cards. Mm-hmm. We are all dealt something a little different. And that has some say in where, where you go and where you end up and what you can do. A lot of say. Yeah. <laughs> not all of it. You're not completely at the mercy of whatever you were dealt, but it, it it's where you're starting. And so there's some of that. And then there's some of life is weird and funny and things change so fast and you never know what they're going to be. And it's a little like the house thing where you like think it's going to be one thing and it's something else. And like, we didn't do anything wrong. We just, that's what happened. And you can end up like in medical debt, right? Like that's a huge thing that happens in the U S sure. You can get sick and just not be able to afford it. And that's like, that's your life. Uh, you know, like that, there goes your money, you know? And so there's just so many things that you can't afford or can't afford and things change so fast. Yeah. And I think. But money's just a tool. Money, money is not your life. Is just a tool. You are not, I mean this so much. You're not good or bad as measured by your financial success or lack thereof. You are not more or less loved by whatever divine being you believe in based on how much money you do or don't have. And that is something that it took me a while to learn because I don't think that's necessarily how I thought about it for a while. Yeah. I think think if I like had financial, I would always think if I had like financial problems that it was like some, some, I was, being taught a lesson and there was like something I had done wrong and I hadn't been a good enough steward or I haven't hadn't like given enough or things like that. And like, Uh because I did that, then I wasn't being blessed with more money. Hmm. And if I had a lot of money, then I, well, I must be being blessed. And like that flip side is really dangerous. I think because it's just so much. We don't know. There's so much that we don't get to decide. Yeah, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's just so much, and so maybe you, I think enjoy it, sure, yes, and then count it as a, a blessing in the sense that, like, mm-hmm. or however you phrase that for sure. your belief system, but you know, count that as something to enjoy and be grateful for, but and share and be mm-hmm. generous. Those are yep. key principles for us, for sure. But I've just seen too many people kind of play everything safe and be miserable you could play everything safe you could save so much and live so frugally your whole life save for retirement and say ah when i retire i'm gonna go travel the country in a van and people do that and it's great a lot of people get to do that but a lot of people have that dream and never get to do it. Right. Right. And I think that was kind of a big wake up for us mm-hmm. um, with the pandemic. I think the pandemic kind of shook that up for us. And I think it made this more reasonable for us because we can work remotely, right? Because that's mm-hmm. a thing that, well, you always worked remotely or for a very long time. Yeah. But I, I could work remotely and I didn't have to like give up my career right away to be able to do it. And it was an interesting transition then. There's that whole aspect of like be 
smart but not too smart you know be cognizant of what things could happen and have try and you know yeah you said it in the letter have some savings but like plan for some things but don't try and plan for everything if you save everything and like and this is kind of my feelings about debt too and Mm -hmm. debt can be very emotional for people and i i think if you are anti-debt that's fine Mm -hmm. that's totally fine that's a that's a good way to live. But it doesn't make you better than everyone. <laughs> no. And that's like this is how I feel about like man, I could I, there's a letter to be written about dieting and things too and this is kind of like our approach to life in a lot of ways is like everything in moderation. Yeah. You know, like the dose makes the poison kind of a a, mm-hmm. a take on things. And so I I don't have any shade for people who like even follow the Dave Ramsey thing if it works for them and they're happy about it. I what I have a problem with is people who think that like their way is the way and the only way and it's the good way and the people who don't do it that way are bad. That's what I have problems with. Well, and I have problems with people who sell financial advice, quote unquote, for large amounts of money. They're kind of to people, on people who don't have yeah. very much money. Yeah. Oh God. So the the if books could kill on the to call back to that uh, on the on rich dad poor dad is. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. If you want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm sure. Not everything you do has to be a good financial decision. Mm-hmm. And, did, I, and I'm not going to caveat that. I'm not going to say if you have enough money for X, Y, or Z, or if you have this, this, or this threshold met. Like, life yeah. is short. Money is a tool. It's to serve you. Mm-hmm. Like, I have student debt. I... Like... I'll I'll say that like and we will be blunt about it like I'm not gonna lie about anything like we are not debt averse everyone's different we've done stupid shit with money and we've done smart things and mostly we've done stupid things <laughs> and I'm not saying that you're not gonna have problems or that you're gonna always be able to pay off all your bills or that your credit will always be stellar I'm just saying it's not the only thing about you and it's not the most important thing about you. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot like how I was going back to like how I feel about like dieting and things like that is like, like take whatever approach you want that works for you and your family and your partner and whoever else is in your life. Mm -hmm. Find what works for you. Find what makes you happy. Find what achieves the goals that you want to achieve. And maybe you're a very security driven person and you need to have a bunch of savings to feel good. That is a hundred percent. Okay. What I can't handle is like moral superiority about it. <laughs> and I cannot handle making it your whole personality. <laughs> sure. Like, great. You want you you're completely debt free. Like, I really am happy for you if that makes you happy. Great. I also only care a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I care to the extent that it makes you a happy person. You know, I said it in the letter, like, we're all kind of, like, assuming that we're all kind of in the middle here in between, like, having too much and having too little. Right. That we're all kind of, like, working with some level of, like, you know, we're we're fine, but we can't buy everything we want. Yeah, and I don't think that's, when you say we all, uh, that's actually excluding a, a large number of people who probably are struggling to get by. Yes. Yes, I, I mean, what I mean by that is that's what the advice or like how I'm talking mm-hmm. is kind of meant for. Yep. People who are struggling to get by, like also don't deny yourself small luxuries if you can afford them or, or find them and, and figure out how to get them. I cannot handle the moral brigading or whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah. by people who want to pick apart what someone who receives assistance has or doesn't have or what they've done or not done. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah, Totally. <laughs> You're a person who deserves to have joy in life and find some joy in life. And back to the like median, right? Yeah. I think our generation. Yeah. We're kind of fucked. Well, or we, we're kind of great. Uh, I don't think so. I don't I don't like that framing really. You don't like that we're fucked? No, Sorry. because I think the whole point of your letter is that we're not. Oh, yeah. No, we can't win financially, but it just doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, 
So the whole thing, it's like, um, <clears throat> we're going to be worse off than our parents in terms of finances, but we're also going to be like way better off in terms of like emotional stability. Me, I mean, I don't know. My parents are doing all right emotionally. I meant I think. generationally. <laughs> I meant generationally. I did not mean like our specific parents. <laughs> Mom and dad, that was not about you. Uh, yeah. It was. Yeah. No, I think you're right too. I think there was this whole thing, right? It's like, well, the lessons of our parents and the lessons of their parents got taught to us, but they didn't apply anymore. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, so like going back to having college debt and things like that, like it wasn't, you know, like the pursuit of money and stability was the the noble pursuit, right? Sure. Well, not so, only that, but it was like it was just common sense. It was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can get into college, you should go to college. Yeah. And right. you should go to a good college because that good college is going to pay off for you. I like I like school. Like I like learning. I oh heck, I loved college. Love studying chemical engineering. Turns out, but I loved my friends. I loved the experience. It was a great experience. I like. I will encourage my kids to at least go to a two year school. Hopefully, go to a four year school just to like be out on their own with some kind of training wheels, you know. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of ways to but be it on doesn't, your own. No, it doesn't have to be a four-year school either. It like, that's the thing. Like vocational stuff is really important. Totally. Um, I and I encourage them to. I shouldn't say a four-year school. I encourage them to go do their own thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. To be see what they want to do. Because I think that was super valuable for mm -hmm. both you and I of like just not being forced to, but like getting out on our own. Yeah. Yeah, I guess seeing like what you I actually like. We were together still and we like yeah. had each other. So it's a little bit different than for a lot of people. Yeah. Like maybe a little less scary because, you know, we had a friend. Right. But I mean, that like getting out, getting on your own, like figuring out how to do it is really valuable. It is super important. And it helps with, like, the financial stuff, too. Like, man, we expect so much from people in terms of, like, being able to buy a house and all this stuff. But, like, no one, if you didn't get taught financial literacy at home, you don't know it. Mm -hmm. Like, I I did. I, I was lucky, but, like, whatever you want to say. Like, mm -hmm. my parents were really, like, I understood what I was doing when I took out student loans. Yeah. 100%. Right. I mean... I felt like I kind of had to and I was going to a state school so I wasn't like going crazy but like right. I 100% knew what I was doing I understood it okay. and that's why I picked my major because I knew I needed to be able to pay them off sure yeah Um, and so that's kind of like I had that at least a little bit Um, but I don't know see I think that was kind of like background for me so yeah. When I was deciding what I wanted to do in school and where I wanted to go to yeah, school. Yeah, you were going to be a journalist. It was journalism or uh, computer programming. <laughs> I know, <laughs> a little bit different, but... Kind of not. Yeah, I, I really liked both of them and was super into both in high school. Um, and actually, it turns out I still really do like both of them. But I had a opportunity to do a job shadow experience at a local newspaper in high school and I hated it yeah i, mean, I hated how just that local newspaper it could have been absolutely but i think it was um representative yeah fair of enough. the industry right? it's like a, it's a tough place to be it was know? a pay your dues oh like my God, there yeah. was no merit involved there and and yeah i mean like <laughs> the the ideas that we all had about how everything's a meritocracy like 10 years ago. Let's see how oh, that played out anyway. Bullshit, but, yeah. <laughs> but at the time it was like, this is like, I'm never going to be able to break in. This is a club and this is like, not for me. Yeah. So it wasn't about the money, even though yet yeah, that was not nearly as lucrative as programming. <laughs> Yeah, it was about the money for me that I didn't do architecture. It was like a whole other year of school that I had to pay for, and I wasn't going to pay as much. Yeah, I mean, that's like something... Like, 
It was a whole other year of school and then you had to like go apprentice. It makes you think for sure, but like Yeah, I don't know. and I was like really worried I wasn't gonna get into the design school. Mm. Yeah. Because I had like my whole art portfolio ready to go. But you would have. I don't think no one knows that. No, okay. But like, hmm. Are you happy that you made that decision based on fear? No, God, no. But like, also I wanted to graduate at the same time as you. Like I didn't, I'm not, oh man, I'm not. Yeah, this is no, like a whole enough. other topic, but mm-hmm. I'm not a person who like, really regrets things yeah that's not a thing for me like i don't very few things things i've said a few times things like that have been hurtful to people i will regret things like that but like i don't regret choices in life because like they lead you to where you are now and i wouldn't like unwind it Mm -hmm. but yeah no i'm not happy i made that decision in fear i was worried about not making enough money i was worried about not getting in i was I was worried about it and maybe that was internal and maybe it was external and it might've been both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, I mean like, I think my art portfolio was probably good enough. I think it would've been fine. Um, I just hadn't taken a ton of art in high school because I didn't have a ton of time for it. But And it was competitive. It was competitive, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I I know you could have done it, but you know, maybe I'm biased. A little biased. <laughs> a little bit biased. My art was featured in like the hallway of the school for a long time. I know. That's very important. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that says all you need to know. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> uh financial advice. Yeah, so from a couple of creatives. Um, we don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> don't sweat it. It's it, like that's kind of it. It's not that serious. It, and it it, it is, right? Like it is, especially especially if like the continual caveat being like it is if you really like are hard up for money and you need food like mm-hmm. and shelter mm-hmm. like those that it is serious aside from that like i don't know the fucking economy is probably gonna collapse three more times before shush, we shush, get shush. To <laughs> retirement like i like no. How? Who would have predicted predicted a global pandemic? Who would have mm-hmm. like? There's gonna be like seven more things like that that happen between now and when we're sixty five, that we never could have seen coming, that are gonna impact a lot of us. Just. Yeah, I mean, we can only speak from our experiences. Keep a little stuffed in the mattress and enjoy the rest. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. This was our. Bad Financial Advice Podcast. Okay. Thanks, friends, for joining us again. <laughs> Thanks for coming along on this a journey where we talked about financial advice and bad financial decisions. And uh, we hope that there's a little bit in there that can encourage you or give you a little bit of a tip um, in terms of you are looking for somebody to find a fiduciary and things like that. But, but uh, you can't take it with you. But also, yeah, that's so <laughs> fucking cliche. But it's true, right? Life is short. Get the latte. That's my favorite one. There you is go. The, um, maybe I'll link that somewhere. The, the, um, buy the fucking latte from, what's the LFS founder, Sally mm-hmm. Krachek? Yep. Uh, that's a very good one. It turns out but not buying lattes is not going to get you a down payment for a house, which is something people like to say. But, but if you like what you heard here, if you did like what you heard here, please follow us on all the places and come talk to us. Send us a letter at letters from the road pod at gmail.com or find us on our social media at letters from the road pod on Instagram and now TikTok and LFTR pod on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook page now, Letters from the Road Podcast. You should be able to find it. Um, follow us there. We post some things there as well. It could be a place to have a little bit of discussion if you're not on Substack. Uh, you can also find us on the Substack, which is a newsletter platform where you can get newsletters from us. We publish two letters a week. It's lettersfromtheroad.substack.com. And uh, we're in all the places. Come find us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Or wherever Leave us you a review. It would be fantastic we're still new and growing um but growing and happy to have you all here uh it's we're looking forward to building a very like interactive community so please send us your brewery recommendations we will take them very seriously <laughs> please do 
Yeah. And hey, if you have something that you want to write to us about what we've said or about, you know, your thoughts about something, yeah, write it to that Gmail. We might read it on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, until next time, we'll see you down the road. Bye. Bye.